Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. After spending five contentious hours before a Senate panel yesterday, Attorney General William Barr decided not to show up for a scheduled Judiciary Committee hearing today in a protest over the ground rules for questioning him. Chairman Jerry Nadler said history would be the judge of everyone's actions. We will all be held accountable in one way or the other. And if he does not provide this committee with the information it demands and the respect it deserves, Mr. Barr's moment of accountability will come soon enough. Nadler says he'll seek a contempt citation against Barr if he doesn't relent within a few days. Joining me is former federal prosecutor George Newhouse of Theodora Oringer. George, it seems like there's been a bit of overreaction on both sides. First of all, you have the top law enforcement official not being willing to answer questions from attorneys. And then you have Nadler, who could have changed the rules in some respect, and Democrats could have given their time to one Democrat to do questioning. I mean, does it seem like there was a better way to to do this? June, it seems like this is classic politics and a, a confrontation that really is, is sort of outside the judicial system, uh, you're absolutely correct. There's really no reason that the attorney general can't field questions from staff attorneys, uh, but they seem to be very focused on that kind of protocol and, and politeness. Now, Nadler says the committee may issue a subpoena to Barr, but what will a subpoena really do? The House has already authorized a subpoena to the Justice Department to get an unredacted version of Mueller's report, as well as the underlying evidence. The Justice Department is just refusing to comply with that. So what can a subpoena do? Well, somewhat ironic because it's normally the Department of Justice that serves as the enforcement mechanism when Congress issues a subpoena that is not honored by the recipient, here the Attorney General of the United States. So it's a little unclear. They can issue the subpoena if the Attorney General doesn't show up or refuses to answer questions from anyone other than the the members. They can hold him in contempt of Congress, but to enforce it, they have to go to the courts. And that requires attorneys, again, typically Department of Justice attorneys. So uh, really there's a, a, a... a quagmire or conundrum here that um, that we need to get over. It's just a political play, to be honest with you. It just seems as if Congress doesn't really have the power it needs to do an investigation if, the so far, the witnesses don't want to show up. Well, remember, they, only, they, they can subpoena the fact witnesses, and they can also subpoena, presumably, uh, Mr. Mueller. Uh, but um, commanding the Attorney General of the United States to appear and answer questions according to the ground rules of the Congressional Committee. Um, That may be a power that we'll see whether they have that true to exercise. Uh, That is something the courts can ultimately uh, decide upon. If the House were to start impeachment proceedings, would they have any more authority to get information or to get witnesses to testify? Good question. Don't know the answer to that. But, yes, they would certainly have the ability to subpoena uh, evidence, including witnesses, just as the prosecutors do in the grand jury, they can bring witnesses and documents before the committee. Um, and again, the, the real issue is when you're dealing with two co-equal branches 
and both are uh, taking a position, refusing to compromise. Who gets to adjudicate that dispute? I suppose the courts. It, it is a catch-22 in a, in a lot of instances. Now, as far as Mueller testifying, yesterday Jerry Nadler said he hopes to have Mueller testify before the committee on May 15th, but they're working it out with the Justice Department. Since Mueller is a private citizen, does he really need approval from the Justice Department, or can he just agree to testify? Well, except that he would be, Mueller would be subpoenaed in his capacity as special counsel. So as he would, would be appearing in connection with and through his association with the Department of Justice. So I think his role would be treated the way any attorney in the department, all the way up to the attorney general. Uh, he's, not, he's not just a normal back witness, even though he probably has returned to, or ready to return to a private practice. He might have been ready to return a while ago. Now, let's just turn to Barr's testimony for a moment. Did it seem to you as if there has been a falling out between Barr and Mueller? He called the letter that he wrote, said it couldn't have been written by Mueller. It was too snitty, whatever that means. I love that, I love that expression. Well, he means it was, it, was, it was taking exception to some of the things that the, the, the attorney general did. I mean, somewhat ironic because obviously – a four-page summary of a 448-page document is not going to be able to capture, quote, the full context of the, of the underlying report. That's an impossibility. Um, yeah, the speculation is, and I, I'm, I'm of this camp, that it was written by staff members and Mueller agreed to send it over. They then apparently had a phone conversation in which the Attorney General said to his longtime friend, Bob Mueller, look, if you had an issue with my letter, why didn't you just call me on the phone and we could have discussed it? And we know why, don't we, Bob? He wants it in writing. He wants a record of it. Right, correct. Um, so, so um, George, now, today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Barr was not telling the truth to Congress, and that's a crime. Only a minute here, but it's a high bar for perjury. Explain what you would have to prove in a perjury case? Well, you know, perjury is not just that you made a, a false or an incorrect statement, but that when you made the false statement, you were aware that it was a lie and untrue and you intended to do that. So it's an element of willfulness. It's extremely right. You're, you're right. It's extremely hard to prove. And um, again, the irony is to prosecute the crime of perjury would require involvement by the Department of Justice, which they may be reluctant to proceed against the Attorney General. So you have this this institutional impasse. Yeah, I would think it's a, it's a, it was a lot of nitpicking, but you know I think that that's really a low bar here if you if you tried that. Thank you so much, George. That's George Newhouse, former federal prosecutor, senior attorney at Theodora Oringer. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.